You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hello and welcome to the Essential Apple Podcast, a show where we cover the last 7 to 10 days in the world of Apple news, reviews, rumours, roundup, gossip, tech and, well, basically... Anything else that catches our eye, this is the Essential Apple Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to the 200th episode of the Essential Apple, which was the Essential Mac, which was the Rampant Mumblings Podcast. 200 episodes. And as you can hear, for for once I'm actually doing some work on the show and I'm going to be the host this week. But don't worry. I'm not alone because we have some spectacular guests lined up. We've got Donny Yankelo from all the way from where are you based, Donny? I keep I always forget. I'm in uh, Baltimore, Maryland, the United States. Awesome. And how has your week been? How is your tech week? I understand that you've got a new arrival that we're going to talk I about got a shortly. New tool yesterday, I got a, um, the iPhone Mini yesterday, and um, I'm still uh, getting used to the smaller size. But um, we'll talk about it later. But uh, congratulations on the 200 shows, you and Simon. Well, I, I think, to be fair, Simon's carried the main brunt of the show. I've only just sort of stepped in to do a bit of glory ho- glory hogging, to be honest. But uh, I'm enjoying it, although I did lose my microphone. But, well, I'll go into that later on. Also joining me is Simon, who do, do, does the regular podcasting duties. How's your week been, Simon? Uh, very nice, because I, like uh, Carl, have taken uh, delivery of a shiny new MacBook Air. Well, you've just killed the surprise of my next guest then, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> and also joining us from the old defunct Watching Men podcast, but the now not defunct because he was going to retire from podcasting, but he's made his triumphant return, Mr. Carl Madden from the Mac and Forth show. Good afternoon, Mr. Madden. Hello, sir. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. How have you managed to get someone else to do all your heavy lifting for all these? I mean, I can't find anyone to do that. It's not fair. I work for the NHS, and it's called outsourcing and delegating. <laughs> or as my ex-partner used to say, touch everything, but hold nothing. I thought she used to say, don't come near me. Well, <laughs> yeah, then the restraining order came into place, and that's when I discovered podcasting. Right. Uh, well, yes, good to have the old Mac and Forth show back. There's, a, there's another plug for you. Right, so... Where are we going to start in the show? Because it's been a while since I've done this. I don't think much has happened in the last couple of weeks since we've been on. Oh, wait. Oh, the bit that I didn't really want to talk about, because I'm not that I'm jealous at all. Two of you have got new MacBooks. Number one, why? And number two, are they as good as everyone keeps banging on about? <clears throat> Do you want to go first, Simon? Yeah, yeah, yeah go on. Um, yes, is the short. And um, um, why? Why? <laughs> well, I'm coming up next. <laughs> Jesus. Yes. Why? Why? You know. I've why have got I my bought best one? Radio voice on here. Why have I bought one? Because I got made redundant, and uh, therefore I had some money. Therefore I could afford to buy one and not just cry in my beer. Yeah. Um. And coming from a 2013 uh, MacBook Pro, uh, I thought this might be my only chance to get on the M1 bandwagon. So. I splurged some cash and uh, have a shiny new MacBook Air uh, from which I am podcasting as we speak. Have you got on board at the speed yet? Has it just become a bit... Has it lost its wow factor yet for everyone saying it can do multi-million K rendering and it it doesn't get hot? Well, it doesn't get hot. Certainly doesn't get hot. I noticed that even when I did um, the migration assistant, which is pretty heavy lifting, uh, dragging all my info from uh, my clone drive, uh, it did not get hot at all. Um, and that's usually a fairly intensive piece of work. Um, is it fast? You, the, the time you really notice it is when you open it and all the start at, you know, start at login items just appear in sort of in a second rather than waiting for them all to load um yes it's it's nice it's very it's very slick and very swift and i have to say i'm really enjoying the touch id because uh you know no more typing my admin password thousands of times I'm, I'm with you on that one and mr madden you've got one as well haven't you how so you've got it on what was it tuesday this week was it yeah, I went out and I did um, uh, a COVID pickup from Stratford, which was the, the most 
the most desolate thing I'd ever done in my life, it seems to me. It was so clini- cynical, uh, clinical, that's the word, and uh, so dystopian. It was it was horrible. I don't want to do that again. But, uh, yeah, I went and collected one and took it back home. And, um, and well, I wasn't going to get one originally. That was not the plan. It was only when, you know, because when initially we had the presentation and they, they did their weird graphs, no one could really understand oh, what yeah. the hell that meant. Um, everyone's sort of going, yeah, well, okay, well, we'll wait and see. And then they started like getting out there into the wild and you start having YouTube reviewers go, oh my God, I can't believe I can edit my YouTube channel and nothing's happening. Look, nothing's making it skip and stuff like this. And we've gone through that period now and we've gone through the period of YouTube people doing their benchmarks. Now we're up to the period of YouTubers with like who have bought 8,000 pound Mac Pro rigs. Oh, yes. That's, to- good, yep. <laughs> that's come across going- my YouTube feed as well. And they're going, this, this move from, look how fast this is. Yeah, but it's fast, but it's not as fast as my 9,000, 8,000 pound machine. And they're thinking, I should bleed and well hope it isn't. Thank you very much. <laughs> it, is, it is bonkers, isn't it? I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. For me, the, the new uh, Mac uh, MacBook Air, that's my ultimate iPad. It has everything I want my iPad to do. It has a keyboard. It has good battery life. And best of all, unlike when Tim said, and I'm not going to let him off the hook for this, the iPad can do anything. Uh, no, it can't, Tim. The MacBook Air can do it. I, I guess I'm sort of holding off a little bit because I sort of, th- I still think it's a bit too good to be true. In just can Apple, it, it's that thing of can Apple make them faster next year or the the rumor for mid 2020. Well- well, I've, I've had loads of experience in the past with the, the ones in iOS devices. They've just gone on leaps and bounds year after year after year. I mean, you have to wonder at some point what is the upper limit of what they they are doing compared to what Intel is doing, for example. Um, but, I mean, just going by past history, um, why not? I mean, I, I don't know where they're going to go. I'm, I'm sure they're going to have to figure out a way to raise that 16 gig RAM uh, limitation, but I'm sure they've got a, a plan ahead moving forward because, um, I mean, this has made everyone, well, a lot of Apple people anyway, happy about the Mac again. Um, yes, yeah. it's, it's the biggest shot in the arm I think I've ever known since I started using uh, Macs, and that was back in 2010, I think. Um, it, is, it is an astounding thing. I mean, we're still paying, like, well, the Air is a grand. I know the, the Mac Mini is like seven hundred pound. I think, and and but they are they are phenomenally fast for what we are used to. Is is what's what's so amazing about this? And because we got also we all got so blinkered with well not blinkered but we all got so used to Intel's like uh, to make it go faster. You put, put more cores in it because you know they can't get there their dies down small enough to make significant improvements. And of course, the more cores you put in it, the more power it uses, the hotter it gets, the more the fans have to spin up and all that, all that old nonsense. And that looks like one single blow. Apple have just gone, well, we're going to do our own thing now over <laughs> yeah. here. And uh, it's exciting. I think, I, I, I mean, the real excitement again will hopefully come next year when hopefully they'll bring out the more, well, I say pro machines, but definitely like middle machines, because now everyone's wants that. Everyone wants to see what the next thing is now, because they've done it with the low end spec models. Now we want to see what they can do with the upper spec models. These are old already. You're outdated. <laughs> That's it. We're not happy. <laughs> it's been out four weeks, like four days, and I'm not happy. <laughs> is it so? After a week, has it still got that wang factor, or yeah. have you adjusted to it? No. Nope. So, Donny, what about you? What's your thoughts on the M1? Are you tempted to go and get one, the MacBook Pro or the Mac Mini at all? Or are you just gonna? Are you happy to wait on the Intel train? It 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 would be nice, but I'm not going anywhere with my Mac right now. Um, I got a new Mac Mini when they redid it um, a few years ago, and um, it, the plan was just to have it as a Mac. That um, I do most of my stuff on my iPad now, and the Mac had become just a, I need to do something on the computer, go do it over there kind of thing. And then um, COVID hit and now I'm on the Mac all the time, teaching online and doing all that stuff on the Mac. But um, once things get slightly back to normal, I'll probably be um, going back to the way it was and the Mac will just be here for when I need it. So I don't really have a need for a new Mac. What do you reckon the future of the iPad's gonna be? Because when you when you look at things at face value, the iPad is basically, I know this is a complete abridged 
not a bridge. What's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. The uh, it's hard not to look at the iPad and see it as a cut down MacBook Air. I think because the OS is obviously limited. What do you reckon the future of the iPad's going to be? Because to buy an iPad spec'd out around about the same as the Mac Mini plus a keyboard is actually more than a more capable laptop. Do you see the them doing something special with the iPad? Maybe. I think the iPad is more flexible. You don't need a keyboard. If you don't want a keyboard, you don't need the mouse. If you don't want a mouse, you don't need the trackpad. I don't use a keyboard on my iPad at all. Um, I just don't like it. Um, I mostly, if I need to type, I'll just type on the screen. But um, I use it, as you guys know, I use it for drawing and doing art stuff a lot. And it's great for that and perfect for that. And I play games on it. Um, I think they're just going to make it more and more power, more powerful. And people have the choice between an iPad and a Mac based on what they need or get both. What about you, Carl? What's your thought? I mean, because you, you bought um, a shiny new iPad not so long ago, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I think, yeah, probably wasn't allowed. I don't know. I think I think Phil Schiller said it at one point, didn't he? he what, they always want their products bashing up against the next product, and they have to justify their existence. So the watch can do more what the phone can do. The phone can do more what the iPad can do. The iPad can do more what the Mac can do, and so on and so on and so on. They're each... I don't really think Apple cares. If 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 I mean they build us the iPad Pro for specific reasons and they've now made the iPad Air 4 is it up to I think like yeah. really a really nice piece of kit which looks very similar to the iPad Pro. I mean I don't know I don't know where the iPad Pro sits now. I know it's a wonderful machine and like my brother's got my my first generation one and he draws on it all the time recording his videos and art and stuff like that. He, he loves it with with pencil and stuff. Um I mean, I, I I still use it occasionally when I'm like just relaxing and scrolling through like news feeds and stuff like that to put, you know, picking up information for what I want to use on the show. I mean, it's not, <laughs> I, I'm not going to spend 1200 quid on just an item to do that in future, but I don't know. I mean, it, it depends. We, we, we kind of limit ourselves in our own personal experiences and we forget there's a whole world of other people out there doing things their way. And some people are intimidated by a computer like they're not by an iPad, for example. And so, you know, it's, it's, I just think Apple needs to put as much out there as they can to allow customers to choose what they want from their line. And you also yeah. have the, the $329 iPad, which for a lot of people is is perfect for just getting, if they just want to get on the internet, watch videos, send emails, type a few things now and then. Um, that's the perfect machine for most people. They don't need a Mac. They don't need a iPad Air or an iPad Pro. Um, that's the perfect iPad for a lot of people. And that's why there's still that lower end iPad, um, which is not really lower end if you're going to use it. It's a, it's a perfectly capable mm-hmm. iPad. I had completely forgotten about that lower price product. I'm just so used to everything on the <laughs> Apple line being about a grand. And I've completely forgot about it. I mean, that's a, that's a nice sleeper little tablet, isn't it? If I was going to buy a tablet again, which I don't think I will, I think I'm going to, if I can sell some of my kit, I would get the MacBook Air. Um, that would be the one I would get. Then also, the iPad mini. I still love my iPad mini, i got to say. They don't, do they make them anymore? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they still make it. Do they? I God, blimey, tell I've been out of the loop for a bit. <laughs> it's the least often talked about products. Now that that's a nice segue, that Carl, because I've bought a HomePod Mini, and you've bought one as well, Carl. Now, what's your opinion of the HomePod Mini? Because you've got a HomePod. How do you stack it? And obviously, you're they're making, too. You're making it sound like I'm rich. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not just speaking factually, aren't I? Yeah, how many? Right. In fact, Carl, how many HomePods have you got? So two, so yeah, what? Yeah, no. so what's your point? I don't Nothing know. at all. But um, yeah, I mean the HomePod, yeah, sorry, the HomePod Mini is is a great little speaker. I mean, it depends what you want to compare it against. Obviously, a lot of people were strangely enough comparing it to the Dot, which I don't really, really think is fair because that goes no. for about twenty quid on Amazon. Sometimes it's ridiculous. I think a more fairer uh, comparison is the Basic Echo. Um, but I mean, you plug it in; it sounds nice. It's not got the base of the the, the the first HomePod, but it still sounds clear. I pull it in the living room, and like so, the whole family get to use it, and they are, they are blown away with how it sounds. I mean, to me, it sounds a bit hollow, but to them, it's yeah. perfect. But I guess it's just what you get used to. Um, Does it fill the room like the other? The... It, it is loud, but it's not bassy. 
I mean, you can pull it up fully, 100% volume, and it's still clear, and you can hear everything, like the highs and the mids. It's just the bass that yeah. kind of lets it down. Uh, that That's exactly what I... Exactly. It, it sounds good, but it's lacking that something. It's very, very clear. It doesn't distort. I wish it went a bit louder, to be honest. Uh, but, it doesn't does go quite loud enough. And it's good to listen to, but you just... It's that thing of, I just want a little bit more on the bottom end from it. I think it also depends on what you listen to. So certain types of music obviously lend themselves to more bass. Um, I mean, so if you're into, like, I don't know, what, R&B and, and, and like, what do the kids listen to? I've got no idea. Um, some I believe more, there's something called Duplo. <laughs> well, I don't know. Some of the more, like, grimy, bassy stuff, then it's probably not going to sound as as good for you there. But if it's just into, like, normal everyday pop and rock and stuff or you listen to a lot of podcasts it's probably absolutely fine and the price is amazing for, for like i mean the, that they really had to do something with that price to get it down to 99 pound because it feels like it's cheap even though it isn't fit i mean 100 pound is still 100 pound to a lot of people but it feels cheap at 99 quid so it's I sort think. of it feels a little bit cheap in the hand as well not too bad but again, you just, I suppose because I'm old and I'm used to speakers that weigh a thousand pounds and stuff like that, it is a good speaker. And I think the true selling point for me is just how scarily accurate the microphones are. <laughs> I, I did a test last week, I had the TV playing, I, I had my phone in front of um, my phone was on the side, and I just sort of uttered quite quietly, you know, hey, dingus, get, do something. And it picked it up and it was like, that's good. That is really, really that's, good. That's weird because Miles, um, I was, I was playing about it. All the family were like shouting at him and stuff, but my stepdad, it just would not recognise him at all. It wouldn't even react when he said the, you know, the tagline. So I just, I, I have no idea why that was going on. He was just a non-person as far as HomePod Mini was concerned. One of the nice features about it as well is if there's several people in the room and you've all got a, a obviously Apple accounts, when you say listen to something, it will update. Your that that person who's requested its playlist, I think it is. So if you say play ABBA, that wouldn't show against on your listen to. That would come up on my listen to. Well, I hope so. But I, I've noticed that Rod Stewart's appeared on my recently played, and I didn't listen to him. <laughs> yeah, denial for signing a problem. Are you tempted by one, Simon? Not really. I don't listen to enough music. Um, mostly what I listen to is podcasts and i usually listen on my phone so it's not super expensive but i don't think i'd get much use out of it to be honest so yeah it's it's a nice product and yeah several people have mentioned that it's maybe not as bassy as it could be but i think that's just its physical size it's very difficult to get a lot of bass out of something that big so yeah. it, I, th- I did wonder about the quality of the sound because all of the reviews that came out on the embargo day, did anyone notice this, that there was way more talk about Siri and the interaction than there was about the actual quality of the sound? Did anyone else pick up on that? Uh, no, I can't say I did. Not particularly. I, I, I think... thought it was quite obvious. All the reviews I saw, they were like straight into about Siri. They turn the speaker on and go, wow, okay. The, one, the ones I saw, they did mention like the bass isn't, isn't there on most of them. Mm. Donnie, are you going to be picking one up? No, we don't. I don't do any of those speakers. Um, like Simon, I don't really listen to uh, much music. And if I listen to it, I listen to it through my phone. Um, my son's into music, but he'll just he just listens through the phone or the computer if he wants to. We don't really use speakers much in the house. I, I, I will admit, I have been trying to tinker with using my Mac with the speaker, and I haven't got it set up yet. But I think that's going to be my next weekend project. But speaking of things that are mini, you've bought an iPhone. Uh, I, I, look, what is it called? An iPhone 12 mini. I have. When um, did when did you get it, and what made you go for the mini over? It arrived yesterday, and I had no intention of getting a new phone. I had the 11, but um, I've always I've never been a big fan of the larger phone size, but kind of felt forced into it just because there was no smaller option um, when I was ready to upgrade. So I got the 11. And I've always thought maybe around the iPhone 8 size would be the perfect size if it was a full screen. And then um, I looked on Apple's site just out of curiosity to see what I could get for my iPhone. And they had a, a special kind of bonus trade-in offer 
um, with my phone. So it was kind of a, a deal, an offer I couldn't resist. So I went for it and it, uh, it arrived yesterday after it was supposed to arrive Wednesday and um, had the frustrating, um, what would you call it? The frustrating few days of FedEx saying um, arrives by the end of the day. And then around four o'clock, it switches to arrives tomorrow and arrives tomorrow and then arrives by the end of the day and arrives tomorrow. Um, so it arrived around seven o'clock last night. So I haven't played with it too much yet, but um, I do like the size. Um, the screen takes getting used to, I'm not used to that, to the OLED type of screen. And it's not, not what I expected. Um, it's not as um, intense as not, not as, as people talk about, um, but I think I'll get used to it. But I do like the size and the weight. I think it, um, it fits in the pocket much better than an 11. I like the weight of it. Um, I haven't done anything testing to see how fast it is or anything yet. Like I said, I haven't played with it too much. I've just been setting it up really right now. And so how are you finding? So you've, I don't know what to call it. Is it a drop from the, because you had an iPhone 11. Was it a pro or was it just it's a normal? just 11 and have you noticed anything better with the camera has there been any sort of real tangible thing that's made you go oh okay that looks that's good i haven't tried the camera yet either um i haven't had too much time to really do much with it um the one thing weird thing is though i have had a um like the you know the easel type of wireless chargers that you just set it down and um prop it up on and it charges and the phone will not charge on that i think because of the placement of the charging with a mechanism whatever you call it um in the phone doesn't line up with that size charger anymore so i kind of had to put something on it and prop it up so it'd be higher on the easel but um yeah so far so good i mean i definitely like the size it's definitely what i was looking for awesome now on the other side of the equation the iphone 12 pro max is the one that mr madden has (laughs) (laughs) yeah what I'm just quoting facts. I'm not saying anything. Now, what was your phone before this, Carl? Is an iPhone 11 normal or was it a Pro? Uh, 11 Pro, but the smaller one. Because it had exactly the same stuff as the Max in it. And this time they got me because they put supposedly better cameras and stuff in the Max. And um, so I had to go for the Max, unfortunately. And how are you finding it? So coming from, because I'm taking the plunge and I'm having a bit of a dilemma on what one to go for, because I'm on an iPhone 10 and uh, it's pretty much tethered to a power brick now. Have, have you noticed anything sort of like really that jumps out at you over the 11? Because I remember listening to your show last year and everyone was really excited because the 11 felt and came across as like, a I don't know how, but quite a big generational leap. So have you noticed any like standout things on it? Uh, no, I mean, the, I, but, well, I know Donnie said he wasn't that blown away by the display, but I, I am on not on my one. It's It seems so much richer in colour and stuff, but I think it's the same ones as last year. But, but no, I mean, it, obviously, since I've gone to a, a larger phone now, the battery life is a lot longer than I'm previously used to. Of course, it's as snappy as it always is, no matter what they put on these last generations of phones. They're always the, the iOS is always snappy. The camera is... Is great. I mean, I've taken it out and tried some stuff, um, shot some video and stuff in, in 4K and in HDR. Your problem is with using their Dolby Vision uh, 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 codec or whatever they've, they've put in there, nothing else uses it yet. So you import <laughs> it into Final Cut Pro and you get this massively blown out image, which you then have to adjust down to the, to the Rec 709, which is the normal color space. And then you and then you can play around with it a bit. But apparently there are updates coming to things like Final Cut Pro. Uh, so at some point you will be able to take advantage of that. You just can't today. Um, but the other problem is for me is although the camera's great, I haven't been able to go anywhere to try it out really. <laughs> I mean, the lockdown ends what Thursday, I think, here in Well, here sort in of. Britain. Yeah, sort but of. we go down to a lower, we go down to tier two, which means we can go out and wander around if we want. So next weekend, I plan to go down London and, and shoot some scenes at night around the streets of London. And um, of course, I got because it's a brand new phone with a brand new camera array, my moment lenses don't fit in it. Cause, so I've got to wait for moment to produce their case and then the weird little thing that sits on over the lenses so you can screw their lenses to it. So I can't even take full advantage of that stuff yet. But uh, I do. I mean, it's, it's the phone. It's the phone we all get. You. I mean, I because I, I upgrade because I'm an idiot and I upgrade every year. 
I don't really notice the, the huge changes that are taking place. But if I was like two generations back or three generations back, it's a massive jump from where it was. So um, how, how big is it compared to like an iPad mini? Oh, it's, say it's, it's enormous. It's, it is still, I mean, you can put them next to each other and there's still a sizable jump to the mini, the iPad mini. But yeah, it is. it does feel like it's getting pretty close there. <laughs> Um, you know, and it's just it's it's just a wonderful, nice phone. It's flipping expensive, obviously. Um, but that's the world we now live in. And um I'm taking care of it. It's the first time I've ever put a screen protector on it. Because I've got I've got to keep its resale value up. And that's how I fund this strange addiction is I sell the last one to fund the next one. And it's not such a leap in price then. Um one of the benefits of having a podcast, especially an Apple one, is that you can. There's always a willing market to buy <laughs> to buy something. Uh, I, uh, for me, I'm having a dilemma of I want the Pro Max purely because it's only a hundred pounds more. Yet I know deep down, practicality wise, the Pro is going to be better for me. But it's just that thing where. Why'd you say that? Uh, size, I think, is what it's kind of going to come down to. Uh, I know that I end up sort of, I travel a lot, I work away a lot, and so I'm already, oh God, I'm, no, I'm going to have this mental discussion with myself now about it. <laughs> I like, uh, I don't know. I think if I buy, the, the thing is, I think if I buy the 12 Pro Max, I'll be going, it's a bit big. But if I buy the 12 Pro, I think I'll have a bit of buyer's remorse saying I wish I'd spend that extra hundred pounds. Cause to be honest, I'm probably never going to get the full functionality out of the camera, but it's the battery life that sells it. That is the big thing for me. Cause at the moment, as I said earlier, my iPhone 10, if I can get a morning out of it before I've got to stick it back onto charge, that's been a good day. Hmm. But that phone, how old is that phone now? So that's like, it's due for either a new battery or a. yeah. Oh yeah. But uh, you, I went to my Apple store in Cardiff and obviously they're in lockdown mode and they're not doing any repairs or anything like that. So then I'd be in the situation of having to send the phone away. Uh, and I'm in that situation where I literally just cannot live without my phone because I'm, I'm quite sad like that. Well, just, just think of the extra $100. If you get the smaller phone, you can buy the case and buy, buy a MagSafe accessory. And well, this is what I was thinking. I'm not sure about that MagSafe. Have you tried it? No. I, I, I've seen the one where they, it's um, can someone, in fact, MagSafe, right? They do the, they've got this advert where you've got your phone connected to your car vent. Can anyone else see a problem with that in winter or is it just me? In yeah, I have, actually, if, I, if you're talking about what I think you're talking about, I used to have a, a mount in front of the vent and when I turned the heat on, it turned out it it did something to my battery. Yeah. I had to go get my battery replaced because it really screwed up the battery. That, that, that's exactly my point. You see all these adverts and stuff like that for yeah, MagSafe on a car vent. Yeah, but when it's like when it's early in the morning, I've got the heating cranked up. I don't want to put an electrical device in front of it. <laughs> and also, I can just see it now. So you've got your you've got your iPhone 12 Pro or your Pro Max or your Mini. You've got it on your MagSafe. You go over a speed ramp, and there goes the best part of a grand plummeting towards the floor. Go go over speed ramps slower. I do. <laughs> That's why I have Apple Care with uh, the the high end Apple Care. Oh, yes. So, did you get Apple Care on? Did either of you two get Apple Care? I will, because I have the worst luck. Um, I usually have a phone break the day after the warranty expires. Oh dear. Um, so I've ever since then, and since they let you do it monthly now, I usually go with the monthly plan. I didn't know you could do Apple Care monthly. See, I, it's, I can. over here I can. I don't know if, how it is for you guys. I should be looking after the show. Simon, what phone are you rocking? And have you got any plans to upgrade or are you on a, a cycle? I'm on a, I've got a 10R, um, which is a fabulous phone. And I still think it's brilliant. Um, I took it on a three-year contract to keep my monthly payments um, on an even keel. I've got about a year to go. So I shan't be looking to upgrade until probably this time next year. And I, I I will admit the 10, I was lucky. I got mine for about 500 quid and it's been the best 500 pound phone I've ever had. And to this day, it still absolutely rocks. It really does. But I think, yeah, the whole battery and then Carl's got me wondering, shall I get the Pro or the Pro Max? Damn it. You always do this to me, Madden. 
<laughs> well, I will make a case for Apple Care for you. Um, a friend of mine, who um, who I know doesn't listen to this, so it doesn't matter if I say this or not. Um, oh, cheers, yeah. mate. That's good. I've got a friend yeah. who doesn't listen to the show. Thanks for promoting pod- it. He doesn't listen to podcasts. He's a music. Oh, okay. Um, but um, he has. He lives on. He just moved onto a farm and was, you know, has the one of the giant sit down kind of lawnmowers and had his iPad, iPhone mounted to something on the mower. Hit a bump. The phone hit the ground, and he literally mowed over the phone. Oh, 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 but oh. he he did say he lost his phone, and he got a new one through Apple Care. Oh, it sort of makes you wish it had been recording, <laughs> just to see the, the his last few moments of what happens. I think that's that's about it for all of the for catching up. So we better get on with some news. How long have we been going? Ah, half hour. That'll do. Uh, Simon, you've got some notes in the show notes here. Uh, what we where where is it? Uh, Rogue Amoeba. That's all it says. Uh, yeah. Well, um, obviously moving to um an M1 Mac. Um, my first concern was uh the Rogue Amoeba Amoeba stuff because that's what we use to run the podcast. Um, Paul Kafarsis and the crew at um Rogue Amoeba. Uh, as always, they don't do betas. Uh, during the Apple beta, but they always say they aim to get their stuff out, you know, ready uh, for the official launch day. Um, I believe they had uh, Big Sur betas up about three days before Big Sur was officially live, um, which is how I was able to go on to um, podcasting from Big Sur for the last couple of weeks. And um, they had M1 betas up, I think, well... Certainly by the time I got my M1 uh, MacBook, um, and they, even though apparently the the, the Big Sur uh, version seemed to be running fine in emulation, um, and the only problem I had was when I tested um, Fission uh, last week, it would not read or export MP3, um, and I put a tweet out, and... Uh, Within half an hour, Rogue Amoeba tweeted me back saying, thanks for the heads up, new beta up, out with that critical flaw fixed. So, you know. <laughs> Blimey, you can't yeah. get better than that. <clears throat> you can't really do much better than that. So, um, in fact, my whole experience with the M1, you know, obviously everybody's saying, oh, well, what about the compatibility? Um, I have had zero issues with compatibility. Everything I have works uh one or two things you you might need to get a beta but almost everything uh works fine um i tested discord um earlier today and i did put a tweet out because um the standard discord sometimes loads fine and sometimes we'll just stick on starting and sit there saying starting forever um so i went to the, the discord site and there's a uh, public test build i believe they call it public beta in effect of uh discord which that solved that problem um carbon copy cloner is working um everything everything i've got works and i honestly um some of them are obviously you know m1 ready builds some are not and to be honest you cannot tell the difference you really can't um because the sort of apps I'm running, you know, are not I'm not doing video editing or things like that. I really can't tell the difference. Um, I don't know what Carl thinks. I've I've went running to one application that totally refuses to work, and it's old anyway. It's a it's a Drobo because I've got old Drobo drives uh, on, attached to my server, and uh, it just goes nope. You're not getting into that. I don't know what that is. I don't even recognize it. So um, at some point, if we all, if we continue to move forward and Drobo no longer supports these drives I've got, it's the FS as far as I recall. Um, I've got to think of a, an alternative there. I, yeah, I can get into them. They appear on the network fine. I just can't control them or do anything with them through, through the software. So that's the problem. But yeah, I mean, you're talking about Final Cut Pro that I have been using. I was... I was so I shot some 60 frames a second 4K footage on on the phone and stuff, and it's just buttery smooth. I can't. It's ridiculous. I'm thinking I'm using a MacBook Air. The only problem I did run into Photoshop, the basic Photoshop as it is now, was a bit stuttery, but they they've acknowledged that's the fact. You can download the beta version of 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 Photoshop, and it's perfect. It's I mean it crashes it all a lot because it's beta. 
Um, but all the other stuff, or, or, or adjusting, you know, the basic stuff, adjusting various sliders and stuff like this, doing scene selection or item selection is all there, it all works. And it's so fast, it's, it's awesome. And, um, you know, when I did edit this video using uh, 60 frames second 4K, um, when I finished, like, it was like 7% of the battery had gone, if that. <laughs> I mean, I was doing other things. It was I was on it for a, a long, long time as well, doing the darn thing. And I was applying nuts, and I was applying color correction, and I was applying slow-mo, and I was applying transitions. And it just exports it without a bother, and it just goes, yep, done, now what? <laughs> I think, am I the only person here who isn't on Big Sur? I'm assuming all of you are Big Surers. Mm -hmm. yeah. Any, if you have to choose a standout feature very quickly, what would be your standout feature for it? What's the thing that's really yeah. got you went, oh, Big Sur, that was a worthy upgrade? Um, it looks, not, it just looks nice. I don't think there's any big feature, but the one thing that I like because I use it on my phone and the iPad is in how messages is the same now oh, with mm -hmm. um, being able to pin contacts and you can use um, emojis, which I don't use much, but I think it's a it's nice to have it all in sync. I mean, it's not the biggest feature in the world, but it's one of the things I use a lot. So um, I think for me, that's actually the one big change I even noticed besides the look. Simon, any sort of real standout feature from yourself? Um, yeah, messages is nice. It's nice that messages is now the same across everything. Uh, once you get used to the um, the visual changes, um, I mean, nothing really much has changed in the way the map works. It's just that it looks different. Uh, um, I even on my MacBook Pro 2013, and obviously it, it's harder for me to say because I started with public beta one as soon as it came out. Um, it's right from the start, it seemed very stable and very snappy. Um, I know a lot of people had trouble with Catalina for one reason or another. I never did, but it's amazing that even on the MacBook Pro 2013, which is one of the oldest machines supported, it was it still felt like it was slicker than um, Catalina before it. So, you, so for, for you, it's been a positive experience. And what about you, Mr. Madden? Anything that's really screams out at you about it, or would you um, have like, just kept on Catalina? And I mean, other than the messages, which was a big... It was so annoying when it was like back stuck back in the dark ages, it seemed. But now it's now all come back up to date. Uh, and no, no, I'm just going to go with the basic stuff, the aesthetic. It just feels so much cleaner to me for some reason. I have no idea. If you told me exactly to pinpoint what they had done, I wouldn't be able to tell you. But they, they've done it enough to make it feel like a fresh new operating system. And I guess that really comes across when you use the, iPad, the new uh, laptops and stuff as well. It just feels new. I mean, I know that sounds daft, but um, I just like the clean look of this this new um, OS. I mean, I, obviously, I can see where they're getting inspiration from iOS on certain features and stuff like this, like you know, shape of icons and whatnot. But it just, I just like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> so no one's got any complaints that the fact it looks too iPadish, then because no, that was I, the main criticism. I've never been one of those. I mean, I, I, I'm sure there are some diehard um, Apple users out there. That you know, think it's being what like gentrified for for lack of a better word. Um, but I, I, I don't know, uh, right? Well, all right, I think we covered that. So, sticking with the whole new OS and uh, Apple M1 shiny talk, there's a website here that Simon's put in his show notes called issapplesiliconready.com. And if you go to that website, if you want to know if an app is Apple Silicon ready, uh, there's a huge, huge list. And you can go there, check it out, and see if it's working. It was nice to see, actually, Mimo Live from our friends at Boink Software because they, uh, they're they kind of like a bit of a competitor to Ecamm. So it's good to see they're on the ball for an app that really probably doesn't get much of a shout-out. What else we got? Um, Simon, CCC. Uh, well, the, yeah, the main thing about CCC is... Um... Again, there were there were some issues. We've mentioned this in the last couple of shows. I mentioned the um, I, I mentioned the is Apple Silicon ready last week. I, the reason I put it in again this week is um, Gazmaz said that the site appeared to have disappeared or be down. But uh, when I checked, it's back. So whatever the issue was, they've not been taken down or anything. It's still live. Um, CCC again. I mentioned previously there was a lot of talk 
uh, beforehand um, about, you know, how compatible was CCC with Big Sur and M1. Um, uh, Mike Bombick released pretty much on the uh, final release of Big Sur, saying that Apple had made some changes to the their internal tool, the um, Apple replication system or something, ARS it is anyway, um, which meant that uh, he could release a beta of uh, CCC, which worked with Big Sur. And um, I have used CCC on my M1 Macintosh, and it is working fine on that as well. So um, that's that's just another big, you know, one of these things that it didn't get it didn't get Big Sur ready until the last moment. Um, but that's that's working. So that's another one to mention. Um, yeah, you know, it, like all these changeovers, um, stuff is coming out literally by the day. Um, but I thought I'd just mention that because there's been a lot of people saying it's, you know, that their their information is slightly out of date and they're saying you can't use CCC on the M1. Well, you can. I can confirm that you can. Um, and I'm, I'm going to take a rough stab in the dark here. Am I the only person who doesn't have a backup? Yes. <laughs> well, yes. time machine, but... Yeah. All right, what do we got next? Uh, how long have we been going for? I want to keep an eye on the time. We'll make I it think, nice. Yeah, and yeah, I know I, you're saying that you're saying that program, that site, of course, it's listed all the things that are not compatible with even Big Sur or M1s and stuff like this. I still think they did a hell of a job, these developers, over a summer and, well, autumn, where the world has gone all weird. To, to be locked in their little dungeons coding away, I think they've done a phenomenal job getting this stuff ready. Um, so, you know, well, hats off to them. I mean, norm- under normal circumstances, I wouldn't cut them any slack. But, yeah. <laughs> but you know, I, I, considering the state of the world at the moment, I, I, thought they, I thought they did a really good job getting everything ready, and especially the stuff ready for the new M1 processor and stuff. Because that, I assume that was a, a huge surprise to a lot of people a little while ago. And uh, here we are. Yeah. But apparently, according to Apple, it's just ticking the button to yeah, make it compile. Yeah, they always say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it depends. It depends. For, I mean, a lot of there's a lot of stuff, particularly smaller stuff, um, that are, you know, issuing updates saying now M1 compatible. Um, you know, people like coconut battery and um, you know things like that. But um, and for them, it probably is simply ticking a box. But um, yeah, I, I'm I'm with Carl on this. People have obviously been working really, really hard. Um, on getting this stuff out and it's amazing how much stuff is you know already available and saying m1 compatible i mean the you know ashley hewson of serif and all his crew um you know they had m1 ready um builds of of their stuff out you know on what for the 17th the you know the official launch day of an m1 um loads of them loads of them you know there's one company that hasn't been there and ready on launch day. Uh, that's Microsoft Windows. Although Office is coming along nicely. See, seamless. He hasn't done a show for months and he still knows how to shoehorn in a link. <laughs> uh, so a developer has successfully virtualized Windows ARM for Mac and the results are pretty snappy. Now, yeah, let's not forget, Apple. Uh, sorry, Microsoft did try to go down the ARM route many, many years ago with Surface RT and failed. So it's going to be interesting to see, will they acquiesce, not acquiesce, that's to be trying to use a posh word then, will they try and make Windows work for ARM on a Mac bit of silicon when they didn't quite make it work for themselves, I wonder? Well, I mean, they, they do have a version for the Surface Pro X. The only problem, the, the biggest problem, is like what Craig said, it's why Craig Federighi said, Will we be able to run, you know, Windows on, uh, you know, M1? That's down to Microsoft. And because we all know that they've got, you know, an ARM, uh, Windows for ARM, the trouble is, you can, at the moment, you cannot go out and buy it. So, therefore, you know, this guy has made it work. He's virtualized it on M1. And I think everybody was aware that was, you know, doable. It's about whether or not Microsoft are going to be prepared to say, okay, we will let you buy a copy of Windows for ARM. Yeah, it's a licensing yeah. issue. Yeah, because at the moment, the Windows for ARM is only available in bulk licenses for OEMs. So, you know, people like, um, I don't know, you know, Huawei or whatever, if they want to produce a, an ARM Windows laptop or, you know, Samsung or whatever, um, 
that's the only way you can officially get hold of a copy. If the fastest if, Microsoft laptop is made by Apple, yeah, possibly. <laughs> but it's um, you, you know, yeah, it's down to Microsoft. If they if they say yes, okay, we're going to make it so that you can buy a copy of Windows for ARM, then of course people are going to be able to virtualize it. It's you know, I mean, they could maybe do a thing. They could maybe do a thing where they say, okay, if we if we were to treat people like VMware or um, Parallels as OEMs, maybe then you would be able to buy a copy of Parallels, you know, with Windows for ARM included, you know. Um, but it it is it's down to MS. It's whether they whether they <laughs> whether they want to do that or not. Um, Sharing information and sharing IPs and licensing leads us nicely on to the next story. Amazon Sidewalk is coming to the UK. And in a nutshell, if you've got an Amazon product, uh, like a mesh router or... Uh, no, 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 other, that's not right. Is it not? I'm only reading notes, though. <laughs> it's not Go coming then, to the UK. It's not coming. It was a sent out an email they sent out by accident because it's only a US service. Ah, uh, the the note said it was coming out. Yes, I'm that's, going on what the note said. That's what the note say because um the BBC uh published this um but then if you follow the link now it says Amazon are sorry for sidewalk confusion um yeah Amazon has now apologised after UK customers received an email announcing the launch of a service which is currently only available in the US uh, and by the way it. Uh, it's not something I'd want to get involved in anyway, because basically what you're doing is giving away some of your bandwidth to Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> I, I live in the US, and this is the first time I've ever heard of this. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a new thing. It's new, isn't it, I, I believe? Um, yeah, there you go. It's, a, it's, it's so neighbours can share their cameras, security cameras, and all their ring devices and stuff like this, and... and... Uh, they already make it available to law enforcement and stuff like that. Um, we've had the old bill come around here once and say, can we have a look at your ring? If you've got anything of a car going by on a certain day and stuff. Um, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. They always like try and, you know, try and get gather evidence and stuff like that. But uh, apparently, yeah, this is a way to allow all these things to like hook together. And it, uh, the, the benefit to you, apparently, is you're going to be able to access your amazon stuff further away from the house um quite sure how that works but i guess you'll piggyback on each other's wi-fi yeah i think it works a bit like the i think it works a bit like the beef bt fon thing no was it the the bt fon thing where it it sort of parcels off like a a few percent of your bandwidth (laughs) for for their own use so that other bt customers can piggyback on it it's that kind of idea i think creates a mesh of um, you know, rings talking to other rings and, and so on. But, yeah, it doesn't sound like something I'd want to get involved with. Great in principle, but the reality is probably something else. Uh, right, we've got 10 minutes left. Let's go for a quick few stories. And, right, iPhone, weak security Wi-Fi warning. Here's what it means. Uh, yeah, basically, if you uh, when you switch to iOS 14, um, the first time you... Um, you do that, you may well get a, a, a warning saying the Wi-Fi network you're connecting to may be insecure. Uh, basically, a lot of um, routers, particularly somewhat older routers, may have a WPA1 slash two, um, which is which is like WPS. Which is no, sorry, that's not WPS. It's something different. Sorry, Simon. Yeah, well, there's dub, dub, yeah, it used to be WEP, which most things don't even support anymore because it's it's long, you know, since been proven to not be very good. Um, the real reason is that there's now a WPA3, and this warning is simply saying your router is not using the latest security protocols. But for example, I've looked at mine, and mine only supports WPA2. So you know, it's effectively your router could have better security, but for most people, it's just ignore it. It's, it's, you know, by all means, go check your router and make sure you haven't got WEP turned on or something stupid or, you know, or if you've got WPA1 slash 2, you know, maybe you should switch it to WPA2 only, but I, I don't think many people have got WPA3 yet anyway, but it's just one of those 
Sorry? Yeah, I don't really, I don't really think many people listening to a podcast like this is going to have that problem anyway. It's more the like the poor average Joe doesn't. Yeah, un, you know, don't know no, what it means. Yeah, what the Wi-Fi box is in the back in the corner of the room. I mean, at least they've come on a long way, the ISPs and stuff from giving you a box that's password was admin, and he, and login was admin as well. At least we've gone on from there. But uh, I, I think if you bought a, a, a newish box in the last ten years or so, this shouldn't be an issue, surely, John. Yeah, yeah. No? I mean, it's yeah. it's it's not it's not really. It's a it's it's one of these kind of it's Apple doing their up in your security information. Mm-hmm. But um, at this point, it it yeah, it's a bit like saying I don't know, you know, your phone doesn't have five G. Well, no, <laughs> no, I know my phone doesn't have five G, and it doesn't make any difference. Um, I don't know. It it just it it only appears the once. I mean, per per network that you join so plus if they've gone all this time without it it's probably not an issue anyway even no. though they've been so hacked it's been it's too late anyway. yeah yeah and it's a it, it is a bit weird but that's i guess that's why that's in there i mean as, yeah. as carl said people listening to this podcast probably know or don't care or have already dealt with it but um that is an article which has obviously been put out for your average Joe to explain if you get this message, what does it mean? And don't, you know, don't have a cow man, basically. <laughs> Speaking of cool hip hop references like Bartman, um, what was the song called in The Simpsons? I uh, do the Bartman. Anyone yeah. remember that? Yeah. Which you can listen to on Spotify. But. If you're a Spotify user, you're going to be faced with a rolling reset of passwords following security issues. Now, is anyone here a Spotify or an Apple Musicer? Nope. You don't do either. Apple. Nope. Um, If I need music, I just buy it because I don't. We don't buy enough music in a year to make it worth the membership. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, I. So if I pay for it because my daughter uses it, but I don't use it very much. Well, Spotify has said the company is has report, reportedly starting a rolling reset of passwords for possibly over 300,000 of its users after it was discovered that an open database containing more than 380 million records, some of which was, a, some of which, yeah, okay, chin on, was associated with Spot, Spotify user data. As a result, Spotify has decided that it's just going to reset passwords. So if you have a Spotify account, go in, change your password anyway. Uh, use use Apple to generate a new password, and the irony continues. Uh, what have we got? Uh, Sofos. Oh, yeah, God, now, they, they, so, yeah. Deal with this. More of the same, but from people who ought to know better. <laughs> and I, uh, I, I struggle. So I have to use Sofos in work, and it's a piggin nightmare. Get a brand new Windows PC, and then slow it down with Sofos. Uh, right, we have I, got. I hope they're not a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think this show's ever going to get a sponsor? The only time well, it's going to get a sponsor. if it does. Yeah. <laughs> well, in fact, actually, Donny, we didn't give you a chance to show your stuff earlier on. I, you know, I gave Carl a bit of a plug. Where can they buy it? Do it at the end. That's okay. All right, okay. We've got one more thing. We've got a worth a chirp. Uh, amazing uh, developers offer Silicon App for free, a tool for detecting support architecture for Macs today. I can't remember what. Um, let me have What's this up, Simon? Because I haven't clicked on this link yet. That's <laughs> well, it is basically uh, iMazing, who, of course, make uh, stuff for, you know, getting into your phone and uh, various other, uh, you know, bits oh, and pieces. Oh, this app now. Yeah, well, they uh, have created um, basically a free app, which will tell you um, what which apps you have got are already support, you know, whether they're Intel 64 code or... Universal code or M1 only code or whatever, and it's free. That's as simple as that. It's um, that's it's a bit concerning because the graphic they've used, they got Luminar AI on there, and I've just pre purchased that, and it's saying Intel Intel 64 only at the moment. Well, no, that's Intel, they're saying is it built for Intel 64, but run with you know, it'll run under it, well, Oh, yeah, it's got a yellow, yeah, it's not got yeah, red, it's, got it's not red, so it, it's right. just like this but, is a, it will run in Rosetta. Um, I don't know. I haven't spoken to uh, Skylum recently, but I'm pretty sure they're hard at work on, um, you know, building universal versions of all their apps. Uh, Luminar AI is their new one, which they've pre-announced. It's launching soon. Um, 15th, I think. Yeah. 
very, very uh, coming soon anyway. I know it's available because they keep sending things, you know, sending me things saying pre-order if you're interested and all the rest. Speaking of iMazing, they have a um, 50% off sale right now for Black Friday, I guess Black Friday weekend. Um, and if you don't have it, it's well worth getting. I had to, not only is it good for getting, um, backing up your iOS devices, I had to upload music to my to i think an ipad the other day and it was 10 times easier using iMazing than using the the new finder system mm. that you have to use now that since it's not part of itunes yep yeah i've i've, I've had to use iMazing before to get some music off an iP- uh, iphone before for whatever reason itunes was just not accepting it and it's a cracking little app highly recommended especially since 50 percent off so what does that make it 2250 at the moment in the uk Twenty-four ninety-nine in the US yeah, for three devices. Which, if I had thought about it, we could have done a whole "What did we get on Amazon Black Friday slash Cyber Monday slash Amazon Week?" If I'd have thought about it, we could have been relevant. <laughs> I can always dream. Uh, nothing. Why, 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 <laughs> nothing. I've yeah, spent enough you. money. Thanks. <laughs> I, uh, I I took out um, a, a restream offer for. I don't know, the base thing or whatever it was, it was like half price and it's meant to grandfather you in. So until until Ecamm come out with their own multiple streaming solution, which apparently they're working on, I'll I'll pay restream for a couple more months. Hmm. So I got sidetracked now by looking at restream. No, go back to the show, Mark. That's the <laughs> mid show. Um, you left Mark speechless. <laughs> This is one of the things I love about the podcast is that you can be out of the loop for a while. And it's so refreshing to come in it from an angle where, oh, right, that's cool. You know, there's no sort of high fluting, pre assumed knowledge. And, you know, look at us. We're, you know, we're a tech podcast that knows everything about anything. We don't have surprises. It's always a deep dive into something. I actually, I have, I have no problems with not knowing everything and being quite happy to find something cool, but that's just me. Now, Simon's just putting a link here for um, Global Delight, which is a effortless screen recording one-click capture software. So if you want to do screen recordings, you can use the built-in image capture within the Mac, but this seems to have a few more features. Have you tried this one, Simon? Um, I, I downloaded the demo. Um, at the moment, the main reason is that they've got 45% off in their Black Friday sale. I don't know how long that's going to last. It's also available in Setup if you're a Setup user. Um, but at, at the, the at the knockdown price, I think it works out at £13. Um, the main reason that um, this came up was somebody in the mug mentioned it, uh, the, the my local mug. Um, and also Guy Searle said that his... Uh, Whatever it is he uses to record um, his Skype video, there's an eCam recorder or something. Or, yep, eCam. Um, it's not working on his M1 Mac um, slash Big Sur. Um, so this kind of came to mind. Uh, it allow. I mean, if you're using Zoom, I know for free you can get a forty-five. You can get a forty-five minute recording. Um, using Zoom anyway, but this apparently allows you, you know, to record uh, your video app and it has uh, built-in editing and so on. Um, and at, at sort of £13, it looked like a, a, a bloody good buy. And I may, even though I don't really have a huge use for it, at, at that price, I might just buy it anyway um, as a, you know. It's one of those tools that's hand. It's just one of those tools that you don't need it until you need it, and then you spend ages searching around for it, and then going, "Damn, I'd wish I'd bought that on that, Black Friday when it was twelve <laughs> no. quid." Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's not expensive. Black Friday in the UK, anyway. I know. I have no idea. And by the way, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we've all noticed. Have you noticed that now Black Friday starts at about, um, you know, it about June. two months ago. Yeah, <laughs> Easter. It starts. It starts at about Halloween and goes through to about a week before Christmas. Um, and, and then well, look, they've back, got the back school sales start before the school year ends. So yeah, you know it's crazy. You know Black Friday just become an excuse now. It's a month long at least. Well, I, I hope at least we can all agree that it's still too soon to put up Christmas decorations. I know we've had a hard year, and the virus of an unknown origin has taken its toll. But that's still no excuse to throw away 
all logic and start putting your Christmas decorations up. Please tell me that none of you have got a Christmas tree up. Uh, they, go, they go up in my in my area the day after Thanksgiving. <laughs> well, thanks up. for joining us, Donnie. It's been great having you on. <laughs> I, say I do it. I don't even. I'm, I, I don't. I don't do Christmas. I do. I do Hanukkah. So yeah. See, but I mean. Um... Around here, yeah, I've started seeing, you know, houses when I take the dog for a walk. There's houses now, you know, festooned in Christmas lights. And no, I, I must admit, you know, since I've had kids, um, which I know has been 20 years now, uh, my Christmas decorations tend to go up a bit earlier. When I was a child, my mother always insisted that you were not to put your Christmas decorations up until Christmas Eve. That was, she spent all day, you know, all day Christmas Eve decorating the house with holly and you know, and all the various stuff. Got no time for the pub then. I was going to say, what, what, where does drinking come into this? <laughs> when I was a child, you couldn't go to the pub all day. You had to wait until <laughs> seven o'clock at night. Never stop me. All <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, we'll do one last thing. Uh, if you're one of those people that have a touch bar and want to make it useful, go and check out POC. A, uh, this is a nice little app. Um, it displays macOS Dock in the touch bar. It's free, open source, and brings minimalistic widgets with it. So if you're one of these people that actually wants to make touch bar useful, then go and check out POCK.dev, and it'll be in the show notes. And I think that will do us. It's been 200 episodes of this nonsense. We're almost halfway to meeting what the guy and gals do on the MyMac cast and probably a fraction of the way to what Carl's done. <laughs> oh, you're about 60 off behind, that's all. Hmm? Is that all? Yeah, well, oh. yeah, 60, 63, I think it is, or 62. So just over a year, we, we look at it like that. Uh, thank you to everyone who's listened, who's subscribed and unsubscribed and maybe resubscribed. Thanks to anybody who's used our Amazon affiliate link in our website, because if you do that, we get a very, very small uh, kickback from anything you purchase on Amazon. And also a thank you to our guests. Donny, sorry that I didn't get you to chill anything at the start of the show. So sell yourself and chill away. And hopefully we'll see your little um, stand for the anchor thing on Etsy soon. <laughs> um, well, uh, thank you guys for letting me be a small part of these 200 episodes. I started, I think, last summer. And it's been fun hanging out when I can. Um, R-T-T-E-A-C-H-R on Twitter. And then all the links to all my... Um, children's books, um, other stuff. I just started dabbling in iOS icon sets, which I put up on Etsy and um, all the other fun stuff, including a link to um, outschool.com where I teach a lot of Procreate classes for kids online and everything else will be in the show notes. We'll also put a link up for the Amazon Smile so you can support. Is it the right thing that Donnie supports your school? Is that right? Um, it depends. I think, well, Amazon Smile, you go in and you pick the charity you want to, you want to, um, or school or organization that you want to, um, to have a part of your purchase go towards. Mm-hmm. So I think it, I, I don't know. I, I'll have to find the link direct to Amazon Smile, but it's worth doing if you're, you know, if you have a school and your child's school is part of it, you can send a little small portion of the purchase to their school, or I think they do major charities also. Awesome. We'll we'll get that link and we'll put it in the show notes. Simon, where can people find you should they wish? Uh, yeah, you can find me, uh, obviously, on this podcast. Uh, you can find me on the Twitters as at Serenak, and that's S-E-R-E-N-A-K. Um I will just say, by the way, there seems to be a plague of weird retweeting going on that people are not actually doing themselves. Um, Don McAllister from um, uh, Screencast Online, um, he had he had it. I've had some from mine, weird videos being retweeted, which are not by me. I don't know how. I've changed my password. Retweeted during the show. Yep. Have I? Well, I have changed my password twice, and I have made sure that I have two-factor authentication on my Twitter, and somehow or other, somebody is retweeting stuff which is not from me. So, um, but uh, so if you see any of that on my timeline, that's not me. Don't follow those links. I don't know uh, what the problem is. It seems to be a bit of a plague on Twitter at the moment. Um, other than that, that's where you can find me with my political rantings, family shouting um bits of tech and just me being angry and shouting at the clouds really (laughs) you know get off my lawn awesome uh there we are and finally mr madden where can people find your good self uh you can find me on uh, mac and forth show over there at mac and forth.com 
and on the iTunes and stuff like that as well. Yeah, on a favorite podcatcher of choice. I'm not. I, I don't know. I have no idea if my Twitter account is tweeting out anything because I don't use the bloody <laughs> thing anymore. <laughs> so if it is, it wasn't you. That's right. It's not me. It's. I think it says on it. It's a dead account. So because I don't want someone nicking my name or something stupid. Not that it's a very good one. <laughs> and funny, you catch myself uh, at Ocean Speed on the Twitter, or you can find our right writing ramblings on the EssentialApple.com website, and of course the YouTube channel, which I have severely neglected. But I've got something big coming up. I'm quite excited about this little project, and I think, guys, that will do. Thank you very much for giving up your time on this Sunday, and. We will see you all again. Well, no, we won't see you again because this is a bloody audio podcast. You'll hear from us again next week. Ta-da, everybody. Goodbye, Bye. everybody. Bye. You've been listening to the Essential Apple Podcast. And I'd like to say if you enjoy the show and would like to support us, feel free to go over to the website essentialapple.com and you will find links to both Patreon and the Pinecast Tips Jar, where you can make a donation towards the costs of the show. Uh, Or even if you're really keen, you could set up a recurring payment. And thank you very, very much to all the people who already do support us. We really do appreciate you very much indeed. This show is, of course, part of the My Mac Podcasting Network, where you can find a variety of other shows like the My Mac Podcast with Guy and Gaz, the G-Men, Tech Fan with Tim and David, the Nintendo Club Podcast, the Geekiest Show Ever, the Three Geeky Ladies, uh, Bart Bouchotts and his wonderful Let's Talk Apple, and possibly some more that I've forgotten. So why not go over to mymac.com, take a look at the available podcast, and take a listen. Hi, I'm Bart Bouchotts, host of the Let's Talk Apple podcast. Every month I gather together a panel of Apple followers and we digest the month's Apple news. Our aim is to step back and take a 40,000 foot view of all things Apple. We're the perfect complement to the many great daily news shows out there. Listen and subscribe at www.letstalk.ie. Essential Apple Podcast. Goodbye and thank you for listening.